Tennessee lost in the swamp and they look mortal. South Alabama had a major upset. The Falcons are 2-0 by a comeback win. Did Cole Strange get a first down in the loss to the Dolphins? And can Alabama decide on a quarterback for the upcoming game against Ole Miss? We've got a lot of stories to discuss on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake Silva. 14. Joining me as always is my co-host Christy. Hi. And you can follow her on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. Your home for all sports, different forms, and variety. Before we begin, we do have a special announcement as this commences Christy's one year with the show. Yay! <laughs> so obviously, it has been a delight to have you on the show for the past year. Um, obviously, you have done terrific things with Christie's Corner and getting us to look at things in a different way, and also roasting Jimbo more. So obviously, we would not have had it any other way. And I thank you each and every day for being a part of this. Oh, thank you! It's been fun, and I think my favorite part is all has been the predictions in the you heard it here first segments and i mean they have been really good because you have found a way to get them going so i'm very excited for you on that well christy we had a crazy past weekend and first and foremost tennessee lost and this made me so happy because other than that it was kind of a pretty mundane college football weekend well, I mean, we had Georgia struggle, which doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me because Georgia's always going to struggle. But aside from Tennessee losing and a bunch of players throwing punches. Right. Who And there's now some suspensions on both teams. So with this, I mean, it, it was interesting because you, you hear all the talk about how, oh, this team is going to go into the swamp and win. And then you think, how many teams go into the swamp and win? I mean, Alabama went in two years ago and barely won. Yeah, and I think Tennessee, people expected more from them because of last year. And I think Joe Milton, he's kind of supposed to be their generational quarterback. And we know they fizzled out at the end of last year. So I I don't know. I wasn't too surprised that they struggled as much as they did. I wasn't either, but you look at the first half, they had no clock management. Mm-hmm. They had wasted two timeouts super quickly. Right. They didn't even have the ball that much in the first half either. Yeah, and they had five false starts on top of that. And then you had receivers who were dropping balls and no mm-hmm. one could get separation. And it looked so different from the Florida team in week one when they were struggling against Utah. And calling for Billy Napier's head. And now Tennessee just could not live up to the hype. Uh, yeah, and now everyone's going to be coming after that coach. I mean, that's just how college football goes. I mean, I don't blame them. But here's the thing that I look at. When it comes to this Tennessee team, they are overhyped. And we talked about this a while ago. Right. You know, you say that they're going to have one good year. And they expect that they're going to do really well in the future that's not the case with this team you know we've had a lot of sec teams lose early on in the year and with this team you know they play georgia 
Mm-hmm. And then they play Alabama. And Alabama, obviously, we'll talk about them more later, but they're probably going to play pissed off. Yeah. They don't want to lose at home. And then they also will play Kentucky. And then I believe they play other schools too. It's weird because they sometimes will play Ole Miss and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they'll play Auburn and sometimes yeah. they don't. But this team right here, I don't see them being as dominant as last year. You know, I don't want to say they peaked, but they had that one magical run like Jimbo has every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we said last year. They were going to hit their peak and then that was going to be it. I mean, this brings up the question of how does this look in the SEC East? Because you already have the team that you expected to win the SEC East lose the game. And Georgia is, well, I don't even know. Georgia doesn't even look that strong this year either. No, so your top three, if we're just looking at, like, wins and records right now, are Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri, all 3-0. and and Which is have... crazy that Missouri, you know, we <laughs> roast them so much for letting them in, and they actually do something nice. Yeah, and, I mean, Tennessee being a football school now. <laughs> I mean, it is just so crazy to see what has happened but i think with this you know it's very interesting because usually we see these teams fall apart in the middle of the season and now we're seeing completely different teams in the beginning of the year yeah and i do think a lot of this has to do with nils and just evening out the playing field not just in the sec but in college in general oh no absolutely i have to agree there and obviously you know we'll just kind of have to look and see what's going on there and what might be the future there. But I look at it and say that with this Tennessee team, I'm not going to say they're done because I wouldn't say that they're always going to be done, Mm -hmm. but it's not a good look when you've been talking all this talk and we should know because we have offensive linemen who talk all the time and come out and just play flat. And then Josh Heupel, who people are saying, coach of the year and you know might get looks at other schools cannot manage a clock right and especially coming off last year and all the trick plays and things they would do and things that involved good clock management it just shows you that the consistency is not there Oh, I definitely have to agree there. Now, moving on to our next point, which is a bit of a hometown relation to me, South Alabama upset Oklahoma State. Yay, this is so exciting. So, obviously, with South Alabama, they had that crushing loss against Tulane, where obviously they were roasting Tulane about where Mardi Gras started. We all know it started in Mobile. If anyone doesn't believe that, you can fight me on that, or you will catch these hands. And you can say that to anyone in Mobile and watch what happens. Yes. But with this, I mean, South Alabama has a third-year coach, and he's done a really terrific job so far. I mean, they went to a bowl game last year. They lost. Mm -hmm. But I think this year they could actually compete in the Sun Belt. And I genuinely say this all the time, but do you all want to come to the SEC? (laughs) I don't know if they're quite ready for that. But, you know, I was actually talking to my dad about this. And he pointed out that there's some other teams in this conference who are having some upset games, specifically close to me, JMU. So I'm kind of excited to see what this whole conference does this year. Oh, I am too. I mean, they had a 10-3 and record last year. They're cooking something in the 2-5-1, and I'm all for this. <laughs> Obviously, 
You know, I grew up five minutes from South Alabama. I remember when they got a football team, you know, that feels like forever ago. And now here they are, you know, winning against teams Mm -hmm. that are well known. And people are saying, oh, should Oklahoma State rebuild? No, what? No. Lose to South (laughs) Alabama doesn't mean you should throw everything away. Yeah, but I mean, South Alabama is winning and winning well. They put up 397 yards. That's huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at these stats right now. Quarterback threw for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. With Damian Webb had a 65-yard touchdown. Here's the thing that many people don't understand why I'm so excited about this. You look at these schools in Alabama and the players who go to South Alabama or go to Birmingham Southern or UAB, they're not highly recruited. And they don't typically... They're not, you know, maybe a five or four star. I was even looking and they don't typically have that many All-Americans. Right. And I, they're usually natives from Bama. Yeah. From Alabama, from Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they have this giant win. This is a huge deal. And how in Mobile with, you know, being the third largest city in the state of Alabama where Alabama and Auburn reign supreme to come in and show that, hey, we can win games too. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I can almost relate it to the whole situation going on with Coach Prime right now because there's a lot of NFL players who came from Mobile. So I can see one of them, once they're done playing, coming back and maybe taking some of these teams, high school or college, kind of under their wing. Now, obviously, i born and raised in Mobile. I grew up watching a lot of these players play. You know, AJ McCarron, mm-hmm. Julio Jones is from Foley, which is really close to Mobile. Mm-hmm. Then you've got players such as, um, you know, Robert Lester, who played there, AJ McCarron, CJ Mosley, just to name a few. And then you also have other players like Nick Fairley, who went to Auburn, but Richard Todd. You know, former Alabama quarterback who played mm-hmm. for the New York Jets had a terrific career at Alabama. So I think with this, you know, it's very important that we see really what can be done. But I mean, I'm so proud of this team. I know it's very early on, but one of my best friends from childhood is a huge South Alabama fan and he loves it. So I'm excited for this. But moving on to our next point, and this is one that's kind of near and dear to Christy's heart. And thing that I looked at yesterday, too, Cole Strange was not short. He was not. And he was way over the line, if anything. I saw that play. I watched that play five times. Uh Obviously, I do not know what Mike Isecki was doing. But if he's going to do that all the time, I'm here for it. Yeah, and you never know if like if that was called differently, if it would have changed the impact of the game. That's hard to tell. One of my friends said that Bill O'Brien looked around and said, oh, yeah, that's exactly how I drew it up. (laughs) Did it, Bill? We know that. But with this game, the Patriots-Dolphins game, you know, two of the best Alabama quarterbacks who we've ever had. Can one of them come back? I think they have some eligibility left. Um, Yes, please. And with this right here, there's a lot of things that come to my mind because I will protect Mac Jones with any ounce of my body. Please get this man some help. And he needs lots of help. Help with the O-line for protecting him and then just his wide receivers. I mean, 
I feel like all night I was saying that was a catchable ball or it went right through his hands. The best player on the team does not get to touch the ball mm-hmm. because he has no running lanes. Right. So with this, I understand, you know, you have players who are hurt. Trent mm-hmm. Brown was hurt. And then the previous week you had Mike Owenu and Cole Strange who were hurt. You need a healthy offensive line. Mac Jones cannot keep throwing the ball out of his hand every two seconds because that's not right. going to give everyone enough time. He also can't throw the ball 40 times a game. All right. And, I mean, they just didn't have any explosive plays, and that's what they needed to beat the Dolphins. I mean, I'm all for, you know, right now Mac is already thrown for four touchdowns mm-hmm. in the first two games. That's incredible. But – they need to find a way to help him out on the offensive line, you know, maybe trade for someone else or, you know, promote someone because right now we have to deal with Tyreek Hill running his mouth and Tyreek Hill, look, as talented as he is, he has a terrible past with what he's done. And for him to say that Patriots fans are the worst. And then he mentioned something about God. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's trying to say about that. Well, he was saying this, the things they were saying he would not repeat in church. And the first question I have for him is, let me see your like warm up hype playlist. I bet you could not play that in church. Ooh. <laughs> see, I think he's just trying to talk to talk. And I know there's the talk about two is five and zero oh against Bill Belichick. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's five and zero oh against Bill Belichick, but Tua has also only played five games against Bill Belichick. <laughs> Right. And I mean, even when Brady was at the Patriots, they've always struggled against the Dolphins. This is nothing new. So, I mean, it's still early on, but you need to get Mac some help. I'm all for, you know, Mac having great touchdowns. I mean, I think he Mm -hmm. has more touchdowns than Joe Burrow, which is kind of funny. It is. (laughs) But he needs some help. You know, Devontae Parker can be decent, but if your best wide receiver is your tight end, who is... Mm-hmm. you know 30 years old you need some help and right now as bad as it sounds people are going to blame mac it's not his mm-hmm. fault he's done everything he can right and i think that's always the first place you go you know the coach and the quarterback but something i'm kind of sad we're not seeing more of is there was a lot of talk over the summer about the relationship and the connection that mac and juju have and i'm just not seeing that play out on the field Oh, I agree there. I think with it, it's something, you know, very important that we see. I think it's also something where you look at it and say, okay, what can we do here? You know, can we get anything going? Mm -hmm. Because really with this, you know, it's a competitive division. You've got the Bills, you've got the Dolphins. The Jets can still be competitive. Yeah. But you need to see that connection. And I know the Patriots recently have been a slow start. And then they'll get it going. But you have so many teams who are 0-2 in the NFL. The Chargers, the Bengals are 0-2. And it's just very concerning. I mean, even I believe the Seahawks were almost 0-2. It's just kind of concerning because now you have all these teams who are supposed to be powerhouses who are struggling. Yeah, and I feel like we're probably going to repeat ourselves from last year where we said – It's really anybody's league right now, but I mean, it truly is. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of, moving on to our next point, 
The Falcons are 2-0. <laughs> Maybe it's the Falcons year. <laughs> so obviously one thing that Christy and I will always say is that the NFC South is one of the craziest divisions in the NFL. Yeah, it's really week by week for this division. The reason why we say that is because this division will always struggle. It's really weird. I mean, right now you look at the Panthers versus the Saints. It is 6-6. <laughs> Like th- this is in- insane. You've got a team that has three terrific wide receivers, another team that has pretty good wide receiver. It's six six. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could argue that their defenses are doing good. <laughs> that is very true. Obviously, with the Falcons, this deserves an overreaction because it's the Falcons. It is. And we thought this was going to be like their rebuilding, like slow going year. We gave them so much crap for yep. drafting a running back in the first round and by way, i mean me <laughs> that's okay i'll take some credit so i think with this because i mean you had told me that the Bijan pick would be good and i said no that's yeah. ridiculous why would they draft a running back that high yeah so i mean they beat a pretty good green bay team with a green Bay defense that you know has jair alexander mm-hmm. and has preston smith who are terrific players but then Arthur Smith with some gutsy calls. Yeah, but you have to remember he does come from like a heavy running system. And they have a strong O-line with those backs behind them. So I feel like they're definitely using the talent they have. And I think they are. And remember, this is a team that's going to get Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. back soon. Right. So I think with this, you know, they are currently, you know, 2-0 and and so are the Buccaneers. So I could see that this team, you know, can be pretty good. But with this, it comes down to one more piece. They got to get Kyle Pitts more involved. And I think they will. Obviously, right now, I think they're doing fine. So I think they're going to wait until it's a higher intense game or they just kind of need some saving. I think so, because, I mean, this guy's a mismatch, but it's as if Desmond Ritter forgets he exists sometimes. Yeah, but they also have wide receiver Drake London we haven't seen much of yet. Well, he did catch a touchdown, I believe, yesterday. And then you had some other players as well who did score. So I think with this, you know, you have a good recipe right now. You know, Arthur Smith came from the Tennessee Titans. He worked well with Marcus Mariota. That also is kind of why Marcus Mariota was there last year. So I think with this, you know, it's very important and crucial to see what happens with this team. But right now, you know, 2-0 is a good start, especially because even if they were 1-1, that would still be a good start for the Falcons. Yeah, no, I think they're off to a great start. And moving on to our final point, which all Alabama fans are still trying to figure out, is could we decide on a quarterback? Well, according to today, at this time, we did. Yeah, and I just have to say, this is another I told you so moment. So Jalen Milrow was announced as the starter against Ole Miss and for the rest of the season. And this reminds me 100% of the 2015 year for what we were trying to do against Ole Miss. We started Cooper Bateman. We dug ourselves into a hole. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we brought in Jacob Coker, and he was our quarterback for the rest of the year, and we won a national championship. We did. And if that pattern plays out, I'll be happy. 
So obviously with this, there are so many different things that are coming up. Part of it that we're being told is that no one had really displayed the leadership and Jalen Milrow also, I guess, was just not being the leader that he was expected to be. So you bring in Tyler Buckner and I remember watching that and just thought, this is awful. I hate this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was honestly surprised we did not see Jalen come in in that game. And then Ty Simpson comes in. He does a little <laughs> bit better. But I don't even think we cracked 100 yards passing. No, and I mean, Simpson himself had the same number of sacks and completions. Which brings us to another point. This offensive line cannot block. And they keep saying they're 350 pounds, like they're bigger than any NFL O-line, but... Maybe they're too big. I think right now what this team needs to do is they need to find a line that works out. They've given up 12 sacks. I don't know how many of those come from Caden Proctor, but <laughs> a lot of them have. Tiger keeps talking and <laughs> saying we'll be fine, which is annoying. And then J.C. Latham, who's supposed to be the leader of that team, is talking too. And I know you're a fan of him, but I am not sold. No, it's definitely very annoying. I think what this team needs is really just everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was watching and I heard RG3 and RG3's brought up a good point. They need to run the ball more with Jason Rordell. And this is so funny because this was like our motto. We would shout at the TV last year and I think they're getting there but we can definitely run it even more i think with roy dell he got five carries mm -hmm. in the first half the second okay. half they gave him more carries and he was doing so much better this is not a team that we can beat with those rpos we're not going to mm -hmm. beat them by doing the jet sweeps if you've been an alabama fan since 2014 you remember the jet sweeps from lane kiffin shout out to my friends <laughs> ben and tyler who we would always take a bet on what would lane kiffin call first a jet <laughs> sweep a run to the right or a screen pass yeah and i even think jalen himself can run more that's another thing, too, and this comes back to Tommy Reese. We gave Bill O'Brien so much grief. He obviously yeah. deserved it because he wasted Bryce, mm -hmm. and we didn't run the ball. I mean, another B-Rob, literally yesterday, amazing game. So I think with this, obviously, you know, we'll talk more about the Bill O'Brien slander another time. <laughs> but with this team, Tommy Reese needs to run the ball. He needs to set up play action. We have fast wide receivers. Yeah. Isaiah Bond is pretty fast. Jermaine Burton can take the top off. He just needs to win a catch. Mm -hmm. And then you also have three tight ends who can run really fast. Yeah, I think it's starting with Tommy Rees. I think he's super indecisive, and that's just filtering down the line. I mean, he's young. I understand that. He's a former quarterback, but... Obviously, and I'll echo Christy from this last year when she said that Cameron Watson was slow. Um, we have three tight ends who are very fast. Right. Or OJ Howard levels fast or or Smith Jr. levels fast. Mm -hmm. We need an identity. And I am all for if we run the ball 40 times a game. 
We yeah. used to do that with Trent Richardson, with Mark Ingram, with Eddie Lacy, with TJ Yeldon. And it worked out very well for us. We did that with Derrick Henry, and it was great. If we just need to set up quarterback draws with Jalen Milrow mm-hmm. or treat it through the playbook that we had with Wayne Kiffin, I yeah. know that that play book probably wasn't the best because we relied too much on Amari Cooper. But it'll set up the run. It'll tire out the defense. Go no huddle. You know, watch what we were, what the Patriots were doing yesterday with Mac Jones. Right. Like you said, I think they just need to stick with something. And then, of course, you have all those other options when those are falling apart, like all your different trick plays. So, I mean, I think with this right now, you know, it's great that Nick Saban has announced that there is going to be a, you know, new quarterback and it's going to be the original starter. I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. But right now what this team needs is just to figure out what direction they're going to be in. If they want to run the ball 50 times against Ole Miss and we win, good. And the next week, if we want to be a passing team, okay. But what this team needs to really do is just find an identity and get your offensive line to block. Yeah, and I know they had like some players meeting where they said they got things off their chest. So I'm kind of curious to see what comes of that. I am too. I mean, they had a players-only meeting Hopefully it went well. Hopefully they all just looked at each other and said, wow, we need a wake-up call or wow, we are struggling or we need to do something because I would love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. Yes, for sure. But that is going to do on this passionate episode of Jake's <laughs> Steak. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jake Steak Podcast, and my personal Instagram, Jake So14, or my personal Twitter at Slates by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore Sport underscore. Your home for all sports and different forms of variety. We will be back on Friday to obviously cover the potential week three NFL games and the week four college football games. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We greatly appreciate everything y'all have done to help us grow as a podcast. And we cannot wait for many more years as we celebrate Christie's one year anniversary on this podcast or podcast anniversary. I guess that's the word. <laughs> Thank you. And as always, continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles into this world. Be a light in this world. The world needs more excitement and more love in this world. And as always, you will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Bye.